My name is Matt Eaton and welcome to Metadata Matters, the Grey Meta podcast. This is the first podcast episode of 2021, so I wish all our listeners a happy new year. In this podcast series, Grey Meta talks to people working with metadata on a daily basis to understand their perspectives and learn about best practices. In particular, I will focus on how technology like machine learning and AI can help generate, curate, and work with that metadata. My guest this week is Dave Mace, who has designed, developed, and implemented many cloud-based content platforms, working on behalf of news broadcasters and OTT organizations. Dave has been a customer of Grey Meta Services at two companies in the Middle East over the past few years. We worked on a number of different use cases together, including compliance. The interview was recorded a few months ago, back in October 2020. We talk about how metadata has changed over the years, how machine learning has revolutionized metadata generation, and how to successfully implement machine learning solutions. Here's the interview. Thanks very much for joining, Dave. Welcome. No worries. Thank you very much for having me on. So um, the podcast is called uh, Metadata Matters, um, and... You know, I know you've got a lot of experience with using machine learning services to generate metadata, um, how humans in the loop and human curation can can help that and to deliver operational savings. Um, Before we get into that, could you talk a bit about how you've been working with content metadata during your career and and maybe how it's changed um, over the past few years? Yeah, sure. Um... I think the, the one of the first times I kind of realized the importance of descriptive metadata, you might want to call it, uh, around you know tags and synopsis and discovery of stuff, was during my time in, in news when I worked at Sky News Arabia. We, we obviously had lots of news clips, lots of stories, lots of feeds coming in, and that would end up building up quite a heavy archive library but these are all short clips and it it be these clips would then be used in the future but it was just so hard to find them um, and this was very much about archive with metadata and content discovery of that but only for internal search and use not the later stages for a customer um, and it was always human tagged and human curated and if someone spelt it differently you'd struggle to find it because at that time the search wasn't a smart search where it had maybe, you know, surface things where it wasn't spelt right or this and it'd say, do you mean this? So it became, it became really important. I think that's when I first, I think that's when I first looked at AI stuff for tagging. It was, we'd want to relate stories of, you know, Trump is obviously in the news a lot these days. We'd want to search related stories of Trump and then we'd maybe want to build layers of this of Trump with a hat and Trump doing this. Um, and it, it was just all, it was almost impossible um, of, I don't even know how many clips we had in that library. Cause like I say, it was very short form clips. You know, you'd have thousands and thousands of clips not tagged correctly, not spelled correctly, um, whether it's locations and names. And it just became really, really important for the journalists and the news stories to discover this hidden content or missing content in our library and surface it and add it to stories and give it more context later on. I think 
I think that's when I very, very first looked at AI stuff for metadata <clears throat> and not even just AI. It was just about correct metadata management um, at first. It was, how are we tagging this? Do we have a set of defined tags? Do we have a drop-down list so we can stop human mistakes? Um, do we have certain things of location, names, faces? How are we managing our metadata? And it was, I think, yeah, that's when it drilled into me just how important it is, not just metadata, but how you manage that metadata, um, manage it correctly, make sure it's clean data. I mean, this obviously becomes more important for AI later on, but you have to have clean, good, usable data. Otherwise, it's very hard to make use of that. Um, and I think, that, yeah, that started for me in news, and it, it changed later on in during my career to be, when I moved out and used to be very much about the AI stuff and what we could do with that, whether it was around tags, compliance, recommendation engines, all these sorts of things, rights and stuff. Um, but I think without clean data that I got from that beginning of news, I wouldn't have learned later on how useful that was stuff. Great, yeah, yeah. And I mean, sort of touching on the, uh, the content preparation, uh, processes and and how content metadata can help um, uh, speed those up and, um, and 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 find content and um, could you could you talk a bit more about um, some of the areas where you've seen machine learning working well uh, to automatically generate content metadata yeah um, I mean first and foremost and I've done this in, in a few companies I've been in now, is you have to set people's expectations with AI and ML uh, for metadata. It's, it's very often misunderstood about what it can and what it can't do. Um, and you'll hear numerous stories where people are disappointed in results and, and they give up. Um, so you need to be very careful um, when it comes to expressing sort of how effective this can be in solving your problem, whether it's time, cost, and things like this. And you need to set people's expectations that it needs a human in loop at times, if, if not at times, all times. Um, you really need to train the models. You need to be very specific on your use case of what you want it to do. If you're not drilled down on that use case, you're just throwing data at uh, what problem to solve um, <clears throat> so I, I find at first set the expectations AI is not magic it's going to need some human in loop it's going to need training it's going to need claim data and if you can get these together which is very difficult in legacy broadcast systems there's often numerous silos of data that is not clean in numerous systems because everyone wants to manage it differently but if you can get this clean data and you can realize that it'll need some training you can get some fantastic results with taggings, locations, uh, content discovery, content search, and just surfacing that up to maybe later using recommendations. You know, have you watched this sport? That's very easy. You can add this sport. Have you watched these with this actor? You can recommend this actor. I don't find that necessarily very hard. You could do that without AI. But um, I, I found in the past very specific business cases or use cases or problems to that business um we did a lot with when i worked with you in the middle east we did a lot with um compliance and things like this where we'd hit problems and i know everyone talks about compliance with sex 
acts of nudity and violence. And I, I think you'll agree, we very quickly came across inaccuracies. And some use cases, you can accept a level of inaccuracy and you can move on. Some use cases, you can't. And we kind of, <clears throat> we looked at AI at first for compliance because we'd been in trouble, because we in potential breach of a license, we had to spot certain things on screen that humans were missing. And we found like the visual side of compliance was extremely tough. Um, but we found that speech to text OCR was superb. We found it really a lot more accurate, a lot more useful and very good for our compliance where we could take snippets of words and have time-based metadata for that. That worked really well. And where we found OCR and the visual to help is we got so niche and specific on our business case, we started building custom models with AI. Could we spot specific objects, specific people, that were related to our business or our region. Um, I think I remember sitting with you guys where we got a list of local to that region dignitaries, um, local brands, local uh, anything that was important. We did things on mosques when we were in the Middle East, which you don't get in a, a public sort of database of models. You just didn't get that. So I, we found this very useful that we could train with clean data, something specific to our specific business case. And we could drill down and we could start small. Um, are we having problems with spotting local brands? Yes, okay, let's start small on that specific use case. That is a problem for us. And you could very quickly train local brands, local logos, local OCRs, and you could be out doing a POC very quickly and you could be live in production very quickly because we started small, we started specific and we started to us, that was our need. Um, but people need to realize that <clears throat> that needed human in loop to get them logos. It needed training to, to do them from angles, to put them into a database. And it is time consuming, but that initial time at first become so valuable later down the line that we could then start trusting and we could then start using this and we jump onto the next business case which was things like spotting the mosques we did audio with call to prayers previously in the past you'd then get human in loop again to train these you'd get some trust you'd get your accuracy levels building then you move that off to production and any people need to realize that you know, I said AI isn't magic. It takes the time, it takes the patience, it takes the clean data, the specific use cases. You can then work with it and then you can trust it later on. You're not just going to get out the box, you know, your problems solved. Um, and we found that it was very good for certain parts of compliance when we worked with it specifically. Um, but during this work, we, I ended up having, through a couple of companies we worked with, that we, because we found it was so accurate in speech to text and OCRs and certain other things, we, and that accuracy was high, we could move, we jumped away from compliance and found that it was so quick and so valuable in creative and production. Um, <clears throat> I remember doing a small demo to a creative team in one of the companies I previously worked where they'd made a trailer. I think we discussed this before mm. and it was saying we had um, the best movies and it had snippet to someone saying the word excellent. 
we have the best series and it'd snip it to a different character and a different program saying the word excellent. And they said it took them, uh, it was just over a week, it was seven to 10 days to create, create this trailer because they had to find people saying the word excellent. And we'd done a small PRC where we'd, we'd harvested met like uh, enriched metadata from, I don't know, it was a few hundred assets. It wasn't too much. So we had, we opened up a panel, typed the word excellent, and we had a list of, I don't know, 30, 40 assets, all saying the word excellent, and sometimes multiple timelines at time points, time-based metadata. So we jumped, I think one of the first ones was for Simpsons, obviously with Mr. Burns, and it said excellent. And creative, they just couldn't believe it. They'd spent a week plus finding the word excellent I'd spent 30 seconds and I'd found them um, at least 50, 60 instances of the word excellent in multiple pieces of content, yeah. all time-based, all could jump to, all could clip very quickly. Yeah. Um, so that was incredibly useful for us. Um, but these were use cases that we didn't look at at first. I mean, the very first time I looked at AI was the new stuff to tag it, to search it, to make it more discoverable for producers. The second time I took a real a real deep look for AI and ML in metadata was, was compliance. But out of that deep look, we just found so many other use cases that were so invaluable and where you could take a lower level of accuracy and you could work with it. Um, But the creative was fantastic because you could get into production so much quicker than we could get the compliance side into production because compliance it was going on air and it was a risk of that. So, and it was a risk of a license. So we had to be more accurate. We had to have more human in loop, but creative. It was just them finding clips to edit and stitch together. Mm. So they'd be grabbing it anyway. They'd be sticking it on the timelines and it, it wasn't something that wasn't going on air without being looked at, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah. yeah. It was, yeah. So stuff like that was brilliant. I mean, the other use cases that, just went off on tangents for us with the technical cues where the credits are you know you could we could ingest an asset from whatever studio we'd check it was the right asset on an OCR against our ingest system we'd make sure this is coming in we'd rename it and you could do an OCR on the credits and say yeah this is it or you could do OCRs on beginning and end credits to do the binge markers, the next, the stop, the this. And if it was things that we were not doing compliance and we were topping and tailing, you could have it on your timeline quickly. It was, <clears throat> these were the ones that you, you could and can accept their degree of accuracy that you could speed up your processes. Yeah. Um, you always need a human loop for editing, for promos, for compliance. But if that editor or that promo guy can sit down and have certain time-based things that they know is accurate, they can quickly click this up. So yeah. we could take creative and production times, you know, if, I, if we had someone that took seven to 10 days to do creative and it now took a day, that's significant improvement. If we had simple topping and tailing because you've got the, the binge markers or the credits in and out, you could learn certain credits for certain series and you could be even more accurate. You could take that down by half. The compliance, yeah, I think we could reduce 20-30% in speed for some content, depending on age ratings or how much violence and sex and nudity it has. But the other use cases, we could dramatically drop um, time, yeah. which is not 
you know, it's cost savings in time. I don't want to say it's cost savings in people because people are still involved. It just means they can get on with other things. Uh, and I think, I think it's important to realize that, you know, you, you may start off with, a, you know, one use case, but it often spreads horizontally across the supply chain. Once you've got that metadata, yeah. it can be reused again and again, repurposed for different things later on. Yeah, absolutely. I think we had, I think we approached you guys at Grey Matter with about two use cases and came out with, about 50, <laughs> yeah. which was great. Um, don't get me wrong, it was great. And it was a lot of things we just weren't expecting, but it was like, oh, well, which do we tackle first? Which is our most important business case? Which is giving value internally or which is giving value to the customer? If you were going to sort of give one piece of advice um, to a content owner looking to start using machine learning services to generate content metadata, uh, what would it be? My, my only advice is just don't give up. Don't harvest a piece of content and go, well, that didn't work. It, it missed half of this. or The accuracy was at 40% for this. And then stop because that's not going to get you anywhere. Um, feed that data back in. Look at maybe where you weren't giving it the correct inputs. You know, If you're not getting the correct outputs, it's got to be a bit of a problem of what you're going in there with whether it's the data or whether it's what you're looking for. Before you start, just <clears throat> be specific in what, in what you want as an output. Because I, th I think if you just throw a piece of content, the amount of data you can get out, whether it's tagging, whether it's faces, whether it's scenes, locations, this detection, descriptive, structural, you can get so much these days that you'll get lost and not, necessarily know the value or what you want so you'll just give up and that's that's not right going there with a purpose um it's yeah, great be patient with that great advice um be patient focus on business outcomes and uh, yeah don't give up um uh, yeah yeah don't give up it could it certain use cases can take a long time but it's uh, it's cool what you can do with it and what you can work out with it um yeah. just know you, I say know what you want. You might not know what you want. We did some stuff, but we didn't know what we wanted. And we got some really cool out outcomes and used it in a different way you didn't expect. But right. if, if you don't walk in there with at least a bit of purpose and thoughts in mind, you're yeah. going to get a bit lost and confused with the amount you can get these days. Right, right, right. Excellent. Well, we've, we've run out of time, but um, thank you so much, Dave Mace, for joining no us week and uh, um, look forward to continuing to work with you in the future Cheers. yeah yeah cool thanks for having us on Matt if you'd like to find out more about grey meta and why metadata matters visit greymeta.com that's g-r-a-y-m-e-t-a or send me an email at metadata matters one word at greymeta.com thanks